This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From the Headstuff Podcast Network, welcome to Motherfucklore, a podcast about words, Irish, Irish words and words from Ireland. I am the pod dad, Dar Hushay. And I'm not the pod dad, I'm Pat Arquivonic. You're the pod son. You just, no, no, no. <laughs> you have to call me daddy now. Dad, no. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, I feel filthy. Um, it's pronounced you're, built filthy. Filthy, filthy doughty. Um, you're really leaning into that nickname, Rich. Is that, is that your way of negating its power? I Accepting think, it, like... I've, I've accepted it. I, th- I think our listeners have accepted it. Uh, the contributors and the the larger kind of uh, motherfucker or Jason team have accepted it. It's just, you know, it's better. <laughs> it's better than the nicknames I had in school. <laughs> what was the worst nickname you had in school? Apart from Derek O'Shagirda. I think O'Shagirda was, was one of the worst ones. And, and then there was also um, one day I... Um, for lunch, I brought in that my mom had made some, had cooked some sausages and I brought them in cold to like eat, to put in a sandwich. She told me that, you know, to add them to the sandwich later rather than just have the sandwich be made. Yeah. And people were looking at me eating cold sausages and they were like, they, they started calling me sausages. <laughs> and I was like, and when I asked them not to, they it, it made it worse. And then, oh no. And then what happened is, I was out there, like the teacher would ask a question, I put my hand up and someone would go, Derek, the answer isn't sausages. Oh no, when a teacher and, gets in on the gig. No, and it's <sighs> that's the thing. It's it's like it's it's it like legitimizes when hatred. Like yeah. it just <laughs> it's it's kinda like when a minister tries to lean into their uh, their 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 Twitter image or their their or a joke about them. It's you know, when when a teacher's in on the joke, yeah. it's bad. That's the it's the equivalent of a big yellow thumbs up emoji. <laughs> it's, um yeah, I don't know, I had some some bad ones. As a as a kid I was very um uh I don't know, well-spoken. I probably didn't have as rough-edged an accent as I do now. Um, so, naturally enough, growing up where I grew up, my nickname when I was in the Cub Scouts in the Mackey was uh, Poshy. Yeah, always always Poshy, by the way, not Poshy. Poshy, because that's oh. how they felt a posh person would talk. Yeah, it's, it's terrible. Is, oh, because I pronounced my THs, which I barely do anymore. It's a, it's a terrible thing, because when you get when you get slagged about being posh, something like that, particularly from 
people who are probably posher or maybe richer just find, find ways to dress it Def- down? De- they were definitely richer. <laughs> I don't know if anyone in my Cub Scout group was posh, but uh, (laughs) they were definitely richer people than me. But you see this all the time with uh, particularly kind of leaders in in business and politics and public life in Ireland who've learned, who've who've maybe come from kind of uh, backgrounds of great privilege and have learned to to soften their accent. In the old days, uh, the Cardinal John Charles McQuaid, who was a who went was a Klongonian, uh, who went to Klongos, had, had, had a, he, he made Is a Klongonian? Yeah, Klongonians are oh Klongos boys. Klongos boys, I've heard. And, a Klongonian. And also had, had gone to Black, he had done some time at Black Rock before coming a teacher there. He made sure that when, when, he, when he rose above headmaster level to, you know, he cultivated his Cavan accent to make sure to, um, <laughs> to conceal his, you know, his son of a doctor, kind of a boarding school boy, um, privileged background. He, he cultivated a man of the people image and accent was a part of it. I think, look, a lot of people do that very successfully, you know, cultivating a man of the people image. Where Indeed. did Bertie Ahern go to school? Joey's, I think. I think, Joey, I think Joey's may have produced more Taoiseach than as many Taoiseach as Klongos, come to think of it. Imagine that. So Joey's, if I remember correctly, Joey's the um, Costello, and I think Hawhey may have gone there as well, oh. as well as uh, Bertram. I'm looking now, hang on a second, where did he go to school? No, he was at Patrick's National School and St. Aidan's Christian Brothers. Why oh. Not? You can go to Joey's. I didn't go to Joey's. True man of the people. True mm. man of the people, Larry Bertie. He went to DIT as well. Um, before it was DIT. Before it was DIT, the College of Commerce in Ratmoyens. Striking the right tone is very important in communication. And sometimes sometimes an offer can appear too good to be true, whether it is a, <laughs> whether it is a business opportunity or a sexual proposition. It can seem too good to be true. All right, all right, careful now. And <laughs> and sometimes the the use of language can flag this in a way. One aspect of this is when we, we see um, Twitter accounts purporting to be Irish activists using uh, terms that are more common in England or the States. Oh, yeah. Uh, you see this when um, when a certain LGB alliance talks about th- throwing a paddy on Boxing Day at our meeting. <laughs> and... When they say, "Well, clearly you aren't Irish because you don't," we, we don't talk about having a paddy when you're getting upset by something. Did you hear about the LGB Alliance? No, I have heard about the LGB Alliance, but did they say throwing a paddy? They threw said throwing a paddy. That's um, yeah. What? I mean, that's um, yeah, that's stupid. That's really stupid. When you're trying to, what do they call it? Astroturfing. Yeah. Uh, when you're trying to build a fake grassroots movement. Astroturfing. Um, astroturfing. But astroturfing if you're, <laughs> uh, you know, trying to um, denigrate the rights of trans people by generating a, an artificial grassroots movement. Yeah, by pretending to be, to be like, oh, we are a group of Irish radicals, such and such and such and such. Oh, yeah, sure. Okay. And Boxing Day is a dead giveaway. Boxing Day is a dead giveaway. And <laughs> dead then, giveaway. There's uh, people who don't even know who St. Stephen was, who, uh, you know, celebrate St. Stephen's as his day. Another examples of this was, was during the um, repeal of the Eighth campaign. You saw um, some, some people saying, well, they come after the Eighth Amendment. Next thing you know, they're going to come after our Second Amendment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, do you even know what the Irish Second Amendment is? Do I even know what the Irish Second Amendment is? So, I know I know a lot of people uh, talk about pleading the fifth. 
mm-hmm. which which in Ireland is the separation of powers between church and state. Oh, we all uh, plead that. <laughs> we all plead that. What's, what is the what, what's on Dara Lasu or Munroch? It is it's it's it is basically a, it's a tidying up um, feature. It, we're, we're relating to, to the amend uh, to fixing certain protocols in respect of how uh, the changes oh, yeah. in in certain countries after World War Two, if I remember correctly. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> they're going to come for our Second Amendment. Oh no! You mean they're going to uh, remove the limit on the amount of in-camera court hearings and transitory <laughs> provisions? <laughs> <laughs> no, not that. They're going to unfix the presidential vacancies clause. <gasps> no. <laughs> you put that right back where you found it, Mister. <laughs> there was another time uh, I saw a um a, a certain um well without naming names a certain uh, TD who was on the other side of that particular debate on the on the who didn't want to repeal and some uh, there was a t- uh, someone on tweets saying, who who claimed to be from Dublin Dublin era said oh you know well done to the to the rookie rookie congressman the rookie congressman dead giveaway mm-hmm. From, from the Dublin 30th, 69th precinct. <laughs> I'm from the second congressional district of Dublin. I yeah. approve this message. Um, yeah, so striking the right tone is important. Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes language is a dead giveaway. Because, mm-hmm. like, I have seen some, um, oh, let's call them anti-anti-fascists. I, I wish there was a more succinct word for that. I um, wish there was a more succinct way of saying it. Isn't not a non-fascist. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, um, uh, yeah, so um, I've seen people like just basically trying to reply to tweets like on like you know, do do you even go here like that sort of that sort mm-hmm. of tweet with a bit of with a bit of Irish thrown in for good measure and it and it seems to very obviously come from a translation engine and has no contextual clues and it's just like immediately just dead giveaways like you know she doesn't even go here. <laughs> And uh, this is something that really comes up in the top, the in what is broadly referred to as spam. So either spam emails, but uh, but also kind of bot uh, on social media bots, fake accounts mm. purporting to be someone else. When you misrepresent yourself, if you and it is if you if, if someone is misrepresenting, if someone was deliberately trying to represent themselves as being from somewhere else, belonging to a certain body, you find most. Um, People, most communities, workforce—they have—they have their own little shorthands, and in that there's, there's words that have a particular meaning within the, within those groups of friends, groups of people, like some. And sometimes, if it's a normal word used in a different way, but then there's other, and then on top of that, you've got the actual use of language itself. And well, what's the what's what's the what do you mean? What do you mean a normal u- word used in a different you way? You might find it? yes, say that so that for for an all person, the difference between an economic issue, a fiscal issue, and a financial issue wouldn't be a uh, big thing. But oh, a, a, economists would lose their fucking rag over that. I, I, I get that because like I've shown some of the spam that I've received to like solicitor friends, mm. and they're like, "That's that's not even how wills work. That's not even it's not even the right word." It's 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 not even wrong. Is the one you get? <laughs> it's so egregious. It's like, I mean, I don't have any uncles in sub-Saharan Africa, so I should re- immediately know that like this spam is not for me. Uh, but that said, I'm always curious, like how accurate is this? So you know, occasionally I'd ask a, a lawyer friend to have a look at it, and you know, she'd normally just go, no. Why are you? Why are you still contacting me? This is not. I don't want to look at these anymore. This is so egregious. It's absolutely terrible. If you fall for this, 
I have sympathy for you, but you probably deserve it in, mm-hmm. in, <laughs> in part. Um, yeah, so spam. And, and then, of course, like language as well, because mm-hmm. I think we've all seen instances of spam osquelga. Um, oh, yes. Which we call, of course, uh, Tursker. Tursker. One of the one of the best um, new words in Irish, if you ask me, because it takes it, they found an old word in the dictionary that has an equivalent meaning because spam in Ireland would have been a luxury product in the 50s. it would have been fairly high end but um have you ever eaten spam i actually don't think i ever have i think think i've tasted it once it's it's all right like it's fine it's like salty ham it's not the texture is what gets me more than anything else because it's reconstituted meat it's still really weird it's still a very big thing in in hawaii and polynesia i'm told because there's maybe not not actual much um it's hard, so hard to get keep pork fresh on the travels, mm-hmm. and I suppose, and I know that there are some up up market tinned meats, particularly tinned fish. Like you get some very kind of, you get some high quality, you get some tinned tuna that costs more than a steak. I don't like tinned tuna though. I really don't like tinned tuna. The good stuff. Like, is great, I did it at a no, I did it at a push, but I just don't like tinned tuna. I like I really like tuna, in particular, I like raw tuna. Mm. Like I really, really like good fatty tuna sashimi. Um, just really really nice but I just I'm like if you wanted to do a tuna steak maybe just seared and still raw in the middle I'd eat that probably but I mean just just not a fan of tin tuna even even the very good stuff but it is weird that like you know oh spam disgusting as poor people food Mm. it's like yeah but I've got this like pate foie gras oh lovely Mm, delightful (laughs) a bit of potted mackerel oh I'll have the potted mackerel on sourdough toast (laughs) now that's posh I didn't have that when I didn't have that when I was growing up <laughs> and I have these out there, but the um, oh yeah, so Tursker, yeah, sorry, Tursker. we were saying because because spam is spammy, and they chose Tursker, which means it is a word for dead seaweed thrown by the, the waves onto the shore and left behind. Ah, so it's useless and it clogs everything up. Exactly. Because like live seaweed is very useful. Oh uh, yeah, you know, like in, on on any year, um, they 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 grow potatoes in seaweed on the beach because they've. Fuck all soil. Um, you know, so the like the they're the nicest potatoes. Um but yeah, they um they are incredible. Um so like seaweed is useful, dead seaweed is not. So mm-hmm. Tursker, dead seaweed that washes up, it's like all that dead crap that washes up in your email inbox. I think it's a it's a lovely choice and it's really useful. It's really mm-hmm. just a very um what you see is what you get kind of approached <laughs> to mm-hmm. terminology. Yeah, so you've received Spam Osquelga. You've received some Tursker Gaelic. I sure have. And what I thought was very interesting is we got one in, we got one in work years ago and um, my manager was saying, well, we better reply to this. It's an Irish, you know what they're like. They're all, you know. They're <laughs> <laughs> and I, 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 said to, I, I said, do you mean like, um, do you, how's your Irish I mean? Can you see, I mean, he says, well, I, don't, I don't speak Irish. That's what you're here for, you know? And he goes, and like, listen, mate, um, do you see the little sentence here? You know, $500,000. Do you see, <laughs> do you see this, the word prince, princa? And, and do you see the fact that this is, uh, like that this, this, the email address is actually is, is a Chinese email address, even though the, and what I thought was very funny is that they had taken the time instead of saying a Nigerian prince, it was an Ivorian prince. I thought, oh, hang yeah. on a second. By That's any a, chance, did they know they were reversing the Irish flag? I mean, why else would you choose an Ivorian prince? 
I just thought it was. I I I thought it, if, if it was a, if it was a coincidence, it was a gas coincidence. But eventually, I explained no that it would be bad to reply to this email and verify it and damage the integrity of the entire um, oh, network. Yeah, no, you shouldn't. Have, you shouldn't. Have, shouldn't have told them that. Like, cause then you know they'll just stop replying to all emails. Oscar. So that's probably another spam. Bye <laughs> <This is, laughs> bye. But this some is, poor some poor fecker in Rathcarn is trying to get an answer as to his planning query and it's like, <laughs> nope, spam, slon. <laughs> and he he has the polar roll up to outside his house. <laughs> <laughs> You're being arrested under the GDPR Act, mate. But the um Is that in the Second Amendment? It probably so, fucking is. <laughs> 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 but the um, but yeah. So the, 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 I, I thought it was very interesting that it's, it's effectively somebody in another country had taken a, a standard block of text, such as the classic what what is called was the Nigerian Prince email. This is based mm-hmm. on an old scam, which is called the which is traditionally called the Spanish Prisoner. Some of our listeners might be familiar with a David Mamet film called The Spanish Prisoner. It's not good, but uh, the <laughs> it's. <laughs> I love Derek O'Shea's three-word film reviews. <laughs> it's, it's not, not good. good, but the idea is that there is a, a long-standing scam where a where maybe a, a person, a, a trickster, would identify someone who maybe was in possession of some cash, would say that, "Oh, my friend is a prisoner in Spain. Yeah. If we can pay his bail, he will pay you more than that money. So if you give me this much money, I will pay you pay you back in multiples. If you are kind enough to." You know, support this and effectively this sounds the, like a winner. I'm reaching for my wallet right now, and yeah, and there's there's different levels of persuasion, but the, effectively, then with it, this, when this was this, this, this trick, ironically, was probably used by by colonial agents on on people in Africa as part of the the, the conquest of these countries. <gasps> so they're just mm-hmm. doing it back to us, exactly. Oh, well, we deserve that to a certain extent. Um, yeah. God, okay, you see, the thing is, like, and there is a bit of a difference between the auto-generated spam and then these deliberately targeted scams, which do happen. And that Mm -hmm. Spanish prisoner thing is, it has tended to come up uh, quite a bit in my day job working with older people. I would often get reports of people who would receive an email purporting to be from a friend, either from the friend's email account hacked or from a set up email account that looks like uh, the friend has the same name or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's like... uh, you know, do you have a moment? I'm stuck in Spain. I'm 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 in trouble, and my phone has been stolen. And then next thing you know, people are sending money via Western Union or something like that. Or, or I'm sure Western Union have the requisite checks and balances, but uh, they're sending money via unsecure uh, methods and can be can be at stake. Uh, you know, can can be at risk of losing a huge amount of money. A lot of people have lost a huge amount of money. So there's a bit of difference between auto-generated spam. Mm-hmm. And scam and phishing, P H I S H, that is to say, um, which I believe is only called phishing because the interwebs wants it to be spelled differently. Um, but I, th- there, I think there is a point. I mean, I can I understand the the logic of spelling it differently for that reason, so that it's, so that it's it has a different searchability. Because if you want to search phishing, yeah, you want. Okay, I understand that because if you want somebody to search the wrong kind of yeah, phishing, SEO. then yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that, 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 that makes perfect sense to me. But anyway, the point being that there's there's sort of auto generated spam body style content, mm-hmm. and then there's targeted deliberate phishing like scams and both of them both of them have thankfully been translated into the Irish language you know we love being included so. <laughs> you know, we love uh, we love getting the uh, we love getting in on the act even if the act is being you know 
having our computers riddled with viruses or, or getting scammed out of thousands of euro. We'll be right back after this short message from another great Headstuff Podcast Network show. I'm Gerald Farrelly and I'm the host of Fascinated. Have you ever wondered about the pop bands you liked as a teenager? What went on behind the scenes? We had played this like grand prank. It sounds terrible, but I'm just so relieved it's over. And then they had this like great idea of getting another girl in who looked like Heavenly. What did they do afterwards? And all of a sudden you're like, that's the end of that. It was all blowing up when it all kind of just unraveled. And I thought it would last forever and it didn't. Check out Fascinated with me, Gerald Farrelly on the Headstuff Podcast Network. So some of the... Um some of the fan of uh, the, the the wider the Irish Four family on Twitter have been kind enough to share some of the examples of the spam they've received. This is what happens when you take it upon yourself to be the pod dad. You start calling your followers family. I just listen. All I'm saying is you're only like a few months away at this stage from taking over a church and having a shootout with the FBI. <laughs> <laughs> They're having a shootout with me. <laughs> okay, <laughs> too soon. <laughs> too soon. Oh God, you're uh, always too soon. Yeah, I love I love I love some of these. These are brilliant. Um yeah, Desh Gano, business opportunity. This one is Da Hongok. I like that. Um Ismisha CFO Swedbank Nasulana. I am the CFO of Swedbank Sweden. That's good, as opposed mm-hmm. to Swedbank Finland or Swedbank Norway. And I have a business offer. Yeah, Tatarskin Kano Agumla Reintlat, Taya Jagwa Lumlahig Tilla Sunri. That is perfect. Oh my god. If, if only it didn't come from <laughs> a very obviously faked email address. Um, my God, that's amazing. Um, <laughs> yeah, an, interesting, uh, an interesting um, business opportunity from potato up the ass at gmail.com. Yeah. Uh is Furbor Tahime, a diary glishing Goris Ibercon of Risha Ermaglais. Honic me too, Lemina Anus. Rinna Mulvirus, Onautu, Erdeglas, Trihiv, the Queenie Fosta, Ertugakur, Derladini. So I am um, Furbor Tahi. I'm an ex- a developer of experience. I'm an experienced developer, probably. Mm-hmm. And I managed to uh, install a device on your work laptop. I've watched you for months now. My virus has gone into your uh, device through a site for grown-ups. An adult site. Dini Fosta. Dini Fosta. Or hook to court to Erledani. Musparon Bitcoin. Asterisk Mila US dollar quick Musparon Bitcoin. Um, <laughs> I love this. More well is a good kind of say shot. Yenif is fed like Kaura era or Google. Kyanig Bitcoin. Yeah, right. Uh, if you don't know how to do this, you can seek help on Google. Kyanig uh, Bitcoin. Buy Bitcoin. I doubt you're going to find the instructions. Ask Gaelga on Google Kyanig Bitcoin. <laughs> I don't know. Well, bro, me and Canig May Cupola. Canig May Bitcoin. A Canig Namitcoin. Oh, got this friend request from a Facebook bot. So Dara says, Oh, look at this, Carmelina. And she says, Diego Gachtene, Mas Mainlat, Aved the Veld, and Grupa Ganesh, WhatsApp. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Would you like to be in the WhatsApp sex group? Oh, okay. Carmelina Magath. Agus na veg afail. Agus ni veg afail art. You won't be surprised. You won't be disappointed. Be le buelan Grupa, Tushkul, Gachrud Ser, and Ashka Gan Arigat. Oh, yeah, so be with the members. I imagine that's be with in the biblical sense. <laughs> be with the members of the group because everything is free. So yeah, we, Ganesh, Saranashka, free sex. Ask Oelga. What's this one? Ooh, 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 ooh. Okay. 
Um, she's quite forward, isn't she, Carmelina? She's quite, quite, yeah. Oh, here's one that uh, Chris sent us. Nilisigum kunas on litter shot I'm bad pronoun usage there. Um, or preposition usage. Wet's a preposition, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Tosaime earn virik gurabe amanda maanam. If that's a fact, if that's a firik, I'm going to question that straight away. Tomitruka though, rogume agustakoni orum sanyundan. Oh, so Gardine probably knows her. Oh, yeah. Um, imagine, yeah. imagine Finland. Yeah. So, Boilum Amakahavlat on May the Tawny's Mo. I would like to spend time with you an amount that is more. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, the Iramort Nakshgrivitudum is Fajr Lemavukal de Litter Echo. I ask you not to write to me. My boyfriend would see your letters. Uh, so, what do you do? Oh, yeah, here we go. Install this app on your phone to speak yeah, to yeah. me. Uh, dead on. Yeah, no problem. Amanda from Finland. It's Grimina like Magen. dangerous liaisons, you know. We don't want our letters to be seen. We must communicate in private. Yeah. Um, oh, here's one that Tyg sent us uh, from someone he's not connected to on Facebook. Sieve Dotu Prostitute Donna. And <clears throat> uh, lovely little emojis. Uh, Irish flag, bikini. And pointy finger. Um, why is why is there right. pointy finger? Uh, pointing at the link to the oh, sieve, yeah, yeah, to yeah. the to the the naughty prostitute dating site. I mean, we've got terms. That's just lazy translation, to be honest with you, because there are terms in the folklore for prostitute and for sex worker mm. and for the likes. So I don't know why. Um, and Pather says I've been getting calls from uh, her majesty's customs and i only reply in irish <laughs> spam them back a feather absolutely so look it's not a, it's not actually a new thing would you believe this has been happening um for quite some time and i uh, found an article from 11 years ago today would you believe oh. uh, yeah yeah um friday the 26th of february uh 2010 Gordon Smith was writing in the uh, the Irish Times. Uh, Native Irish speakers are being targeted in a new wave of spam, spam emails. The message concerned purports to come from a Patrick Chan of the Hang Seng Bank in Hong Kong. It asked the recipient if they would be interested in a transaction involving Sim War Arrogate. However, the supposed sender introduces themselves as Tom A rather than Is Misha. Dead <laughs> giveaway. Oh, yeah dead giveaway but it's interesting there's a there's a bit here from an expert in uh spam emails and other sort of phishing exercises and um, the point of this is for the sender to appear more credible or even to get sympathy from someone who may be an irish speaker and could be impressed that a person has bothered to translate the message <laughs> and it sort of does like okay <laughs> yeah like i mean to be fair i i'm actually impressed like you know, particularly in particular when when it's well written um, but yeah, like if people do tend to treat it as a little bit more legitimate if something arrives in in Irish. And there's kind of a there's there's two things going on here. There's obviously people who just sort of they do the Yuming Asanam Dum approach. They look at the map Ireland. Do they have a language Irish? Grand lob it into a translation service, free one online, and bang in the the spam email or have the bot auto generated in that language. That's 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 one way of doing it. And then there are people who just go like, well, I mean, if I do this, like that, that Da Hongok one, it was Roshin who sent us that one. Amazing fishing, like unbelievable. That looks so legit, except for the fact that it comes from shove a potato up your tailpipe at gmail.com. Mm. Um, like, yeah, just, and that, that, that that's attention to detail. And like, 
okay, there is a point. There is a point where you just go, like, I'm not going to click on this. I'm obviously not going to fall for the spam. But, you know, I'm going to give you a tip of the cap because, uh, well done, sir. That is, uh, that is a lot of effort you put into trying to take my money. But not today. Not today, chap. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, 11 years ago. 11 years ago, they were warning about this new wave of... Um, spam emails coming in and yeah it's still happening i still get one every other day mm. um yeah i don't know i remember um there was a chap around about the same time 11 years ago or more uh, when spam was still new and it still was chaps in internet cafes in different parts of the world sending you stuff uh, as opposed to auto-generated the technology hadn't caught up really at that stage um the anyway the the these phishing scams, one fella, he <laughs> ended up saying, how do I know it's really you? Send me a photo of yourself with a shoe on your head. And he ended up doing this blog, this website, where he had pictures of hundreds of lads <laughs> with shoes on their head, trying to prove that they were who they said they were in their in their email address, or in their email, uh, looking to get money out of it. It was very funny. It was very funny. But really, don't don't reply to spam. Not, not to a frag or a bear. Absolutely. You can't go anywhere because I know the big thing is when people do reply thinking they're smart, it, it just verifies the fact. I mean, if they're sending a, an email to a thousand possible email addresses and 990 of them come back as not being real, the other ones are verified. And that means they can, when they send the next one, they'll send it just to the verified ones. And that's how they build this stuff up. So, I mean, has the progress in, has the progress in spam does it reflect any development in developments in, in machine translation? Are, are these getting better? Yeah, they are getting better in, in, in essence, because uh, like Microsoft recently brought Irish on board into their Bing translation. Mm. Uh, and I had a chat with one of their senior engineers about it. And like the biggest hurdle that they were facing was the fact that, you know, the, the verb subject object order, um, mm is a massive challenge for machine translation um, but they're they're slowly overcoming it and they and you know we, we've spoken at length on the podcast about one of the major failings is there's not a lot of Irish online mm-hmm. uh, that machine translation engines can grab from yeah and you know basically spew back out because certain phrases like for example you know I am the representative of your dead uncle in uh, Burkina Faso that may not have ever been used in a book that was written in Irish and published online. It mm-hmm. may, may never, it may have been. I don't know. I haven't read everything Parik O'Connor has written, so he may have written about a dead uncle in Burkina Faso. I'm not a, I'm not overly certain. I doubt it, though. Um, so, you know, as more Irish is published online and as thousands and thousands of people are tweeting in Irish, uh, you know, there's more for machine translation to pull from. So it's becoming more sophisticated. Basically, what I'm trying to say is Skynet. The machines are learning. And they will mm-hmm. eventually take over. But in the meantime, uh, spamming is getting a lot more sophisticated and the translations are getting a lot more sophisticated and it's becoming a lot more difficult to tell what is spam and what isn't. But I mean, usually if someone asks you for money, just say no. Just no. And on that note, I want to remind people about our Patreon. Yeah, unless you know who they are and you and you call them podcast dad and you love their content. I mm-hmm. mean, buy things. Yeah, buy, yeah I mean, bu- consume. Bu- buy things. There's no ethical consumption under late stage capitalism. So consume, buy subscriptions to podcasts and be happy. Happiness guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Happiness is not a guarantee. Terms and conditions apply. <laughs> uh, Your happiness may differ, may differ from the happiness of motherfuckers <laughs> producers. And <laughs> Yeah, it's like, ah, oh, but 
what if I what if I get an email that claims to be from my mother saying she's stuck in Spain? I was like, give her what? Give her a ring. Hmm. Oh, the email says uh, the email says her phone doesn't work. Was well, fucking ring her. <laughs> if the phone works, the email's lying. So if the, the phone doesn't work, don't give her any money. Just don't. The, don't give your mother any money. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> she wouldn't. You know, all the times your poor mother has given you money when you were going out dancing. I suppose she did give me a fiver to go to a Kaylee in the school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's fair. That's fair. I will pay her back for the dancing money. And other than that, if she gets stuck in Spain, especially if she didn't tell you she's going to Spain in the first place. Yeah, well, then you'd be very cross because you know she very told us. You know she told your sister. Of course. Those two are in cahoots. They're out to get me. They have a separate WhatsApp group with, without you, and they just slag you all the time. You know what? Not only is that true, but I don't even have a sister. That's how bad the situation is. <laughs> Good stuff. So, I mean, before we wrap up, I mean, like, are you enjoying any other podcasts at the moment? No. No? I wouldn't cheat on you. <laughs> are you enjoying listening to other podcasts? Not just being on them. <laughs> That's what I meant. Obviously, you wouldn't dream of going on other podcasts without my prior approval. <laughs> um, am I enjoying other podcasts? Yeah. Uh, fuck it. I don't know. I should say... Well, I'll, I'll start just by talking some some recent podcast episodes, which I've really enjoyed, and in which there's this show called Switched on Pop. It's on the Vulture Podcast Network. And one of the things they did recently was they looked at... The, they they basically analyze pop music from from the perspective of a musicologist and a songwriter. So they actually, and it, rather than just being like nerds who have strong opinions on other other people's creativity, they actually know things about chord changes and, and octave ranges and stuff <laughs> oh, like that. Oh no, it's worse. They're well informed nerds with strong opinions <laughs> but, on pop culture. <laughs> but they looked at the soundtrack to Bridgerton and the actual decisions made in arranging kind of con- contemporary pop music for a um, a restoration era classical music, such as how they got a, 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 how "Thank You Next" was arranged for um, yeah. for piano and violin. But they also okay. looked at the actual classical music chosen for it and one of, uh, there was a very interesting story about how Brahms the composer he was in love with a widow of his friend and they couldn't be together by social mores but he composed a piece of music which is a, a piano duet where two people will be playing piano at the same time and he wrote little bits in it where their hands would touch while they're both playing <gasps> and that was this is of, like this is like why set dancing was invented exactly ways to touch people <laughs> to touch people and ways to, to ch- talk to people ways to whisper in someone's ear mm. when you when you were chaperoned yeah uh yeah um yeah because you know like the bridgerton bridgerton was was good like it was good nicola Coughlin's absolutely class she's amazing mm. um everything she touches turns to gold she's class i'm a big fan um but the the the, the thing about like the the restoration era of visuals and the you know modern pop and pop rock music that's been done mm-hmm. that's been that was done i remember the first time i ever saw that was in a film called plunkett mclean yes you ever saw that robert carlyle and i think johnny vaughn johnny lee miller or, johnny lee miller that's right not johnny vaughn and Liv tyler was uh, in that wasn't she Liv tyler was mm-hmm. in that one yeah um but yeah they were the they were uh the Scottish and English highwaymen um, and that was a bunch of those sort of uh, you know late uh, late 18th early 19th century uh, Georgian Regency era sort of things where the, all the all the dances were pattern dances and very stoic and staid and lots of curtsies and bows but it was like fucking Nirvana or whatever uh, well, playing given the late like, 90s Britpop era it would have been probably <coughs> ocean colour scene or blur well, no, or something I'm going to find yeah. out I'm going to see if, if 
such a thing is a Plunkett and McLean soundtrack. Um, a bit of Craig Armstrong. How about that? Oh, yeah. Good old um, Craig Armstrong. Yeah, the Tiger Lilies. A lot of the Tiger Lilies. And um, some Tina Weymouth. Uh, yeah, and a lot of Craig Armstrong. That's the original soundtrack. I don't know if they used any other... Uh, I don't know. And obviously, Moulin Rouge did that as well, the musical, the Baz Luhrmann musical. Mm-hmm. But a lot of music, a lot of musicals are going down that way as well. It seems that way. But it's modern, modern songs. I mean, it's, it's interesting that they choose modern songs, but, the, but also the creative decisions in terms of making those arrangements to make them sound as though they were of the era is an interesting process. Anyway, that's, that's, one of, that's my podcast recommendation for our listeners this week. I'm listening to a podcast called Behind the Bastards, oh. uh, which is a long form podcast uh, by a writer called Robert Evans. And he basically analyzes the worst people in history um, from King Leopold I of Belgium to Adolf Hitler to Ben Shapiro to Ted Cruz. <laughs> Um, basically anyone who could be categorised uh, as a bastard uh, and has a guest in studio and he basically reads a 6,000 word essay to them and they riff on it. So every single podcast is uh, two episodes, about an hour and a half long each. So if you just want to listen to someone talk about what a bastard, a certain bastard is uh, for three hours, it's brilliant. Um, so I listen to it every night. Mm, get, get my get my, get my my hate on, you know. Has he done Yates yet? Uh, no, I've been writing to him. I mean, like, Robert Evans, if you're listening, um, do Yates. Bastard. A monkey ball injecting slippery-handed bastard. Although he who was. Could write, who could write a decent poem. Who could, he could write a decent write poem. A decent and poem. he was involved on the coinage committee, one of the um, one of the best things that the early free state actually did was putting animals in coins. And if you are following yeah, for, the... If you're following, for the kids. If you're following the Motherfucker account this particular week, our guest curator is the is the, the quiet activist behind the output of the animals and coins movement. We'll never it's really know who is. It he is it a movement? <laughs> it's a movement. It's a movement. We <laughs> don't movement. we don't know how many how many strong they are. Put the ban of back on the coins. That's what I say. Put the bow on the ban. <laughs> I love it. Put the bow on the bound, yeah. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> Bell good the bow. More, yeah, that'd be class. I'd, I'd love to get the. Uh, I think, I think Europe should have joined the punt. Yeah, absolutely. It was, a, you know, it was the closest one. It was the closest of all the European currencies that joined the euro. The the Irish punt was the closest to one to one. So we had the kind of the the least adjusting to do, uh, and we still bitched about it. We still complained about it relentlessly about having to go seventy nine cents on one side and one euro twenty seven on the other. But I mean. Like we had probably some of the least amount of mental arithmetic to do, but we adjusted the quickest. The least amount was the Germans because it's basically two Deutschmarks. Oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, like you'd never guess who was who was behind that decision. <laughs> <laughs> if, you have, if you have come up with a new currency in Frankfurt, and it is easy for the mental arithmetic. <laughs> yes, gas. But anyway, um. If you receive some Tershka or Span, please do let us give give us to contact us on the Twitter on the on uh, or or wherever you get or wherever, and we would love to see. It. We might even read out some of the other examples you get if you want to send us on. So please do. And so until the next time, Slon from me. Okay, Slon, I'm not Fragger and Tursker. Don't answer the spam, Slon. We hope you enjoyed this week's highly informative episode of Motherfucker. <laughs> Motherfucker comes out every Friday in the Head Stuff Podcast Network. If you can't wait that long for your next podcast fix, 
and stuff to another and to many other top quality shows, including Words That Effect, The World According to Wikipedia, and Pints of Malt. All top notch. If you'd like to contact the show, please send us a WhatsApp note to the number in our show notes. This episode is brought to you by our Patreon supporters. Um, thanks a million to everyone who's subscribed over the last number of weeks and months. And if you're interested in getting bonus content and access to uh, more than just the weekly dose of mother folklore, you can subscribe at patreon.com forward slash Derek. Thanks, as always, to Kirsten Scheel for the artwork and to Brian, the tireless, tireless Brian, for producing. Uh, we appreciate them more than words could ever say. I might send them a, a, a nice email just more to, to than thank them. Words. Yeah. Kirsten Agus Brian Achara is Misha on Sexy Prince Padder. And so, until the next time, mind yourselves. This has been a production of the Headstuff Podcast Network. You have WhatsApp on the laptop? Yeah. Oh, maybe that's what I need.